Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and this is Popcorn where we tell you what's happening at the movies. But there's nothing happening this weekend except the 90th, think of that number, the 90th Academy Awards. And it's shaping up, I think, as probably the most exciting and competitive Academy Awards that we've had in years. There's a lot going on, not just the movies fighting for winning over their poor contenders that they don't think has a chance, but it's a world out there that has to be reflected in what wins. In other words, if we're in the hashtag me too, hashtag time's up, of living in a political area where there's so much controversy, expect to see that reflected. So what am I here to do? I'm here to go over some of the major categories with you, tell you who the favorites are, and then tell you who the long shots are. I love that. Don't you feel good when you're betting on something? Not that we here at Popcorn are in any way saying money should be involved in any of these wagers. Only that you could be smarter than everybody else at predicting what the 7,800 Oscar voters are actually predicting. I always love that. And I love to bet on long shots because it's so much better. When you go to a racetrack, do you always want to bet on the favorite? No. But we're going to discuss that. Again, when I mention things going on in the world, this is a Oscar ceremony where women are going to figure very prominently in it. Uh, I think if you're a movie competing out there and you don't have a strong woman involved in a character, it's going to be tougher for you to do it. And this is a good thing because you could feel this kind of thing in the air. So remember, the movies that really give a fist bump to women in a Hollywood that's now crawling with sexual misconduct, they might have the edge. So, okay, here we go. I'm going to start. I'm going to start by reading the nominees for Best Actress. And they are Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie in I, Tanya, Saoirse Ronan in Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep in The Post. Now, this is Meryl Streep's 21st Oscar nomination after she's won three times. I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, it's just, you know, it seems too much. Sorry, Meryl, I can't do this. But who is the favorite? Who is the strongest woman out there in movies this year? It's got to be Frances McDormand in Three Billboards. I mean, here she is, a mother who is basically giving hell to the police in her town because they have not solved the murder of her daughter. And she's not going to take it anymore. She's mad as hell. She's going to come out and do this. Frances McDormand does almost no self-promotion for herself. But anyone who sees Three Billboards is going to say, I like her. I like her fire. I like what she's doing. So the favorite, definitely. But who's the other woman in there if you were going to play a long shot? I would say that is Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water. Here she is playing a mute cleaning woman who falls in love with a creature that the government has captured. This person, if he's even that, who everybody else rejects, and the government wants to kill that creature or use him for experiments. Instead, she wants to understand him and love him and be tough. So, want to do the long shots? I would go with Sally Hawkins. Plus, the Academy loves it when you have to do all that acting without being able to speak. So, I gave you that one. I'm going to jump to um, Best Actress in a Supporting Role, because I'm starting with the women. I'm telling you, it's a big year. Here we go. Alison Janney in I, Tanya, 
Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, Octavia Spencer in The Shape of Water, and Mary J. Blige in Mudbound. You know, there's a tough woman this year that I thought should have been in this category, and her name is Tiffany Haddish, and she was in Girls Trip, and she just blew everyone away in that. But Academy voters tend to not go for comedy. They say, oh, well, it's just, we want something super serious. And I want to mention Mary J. Blige because not only is she nominated for playing the mother in Mudbound, but she sings a song, Mighty River, that's also nominated in this. So it's a good year for her. But I think this is going to be between two other actresses who played mothers, really tough ones. The favorite in this category is Allison Janney in I, Tanya. She is the mother from hell as Tanya Harding's mom who has given this child nothing but abuse through her entire childhood and has set her out there into the world. Alice and Jenny does nothing, absolutely nothing to make this character sympathetic. But there's no moment where you don't understand her, where you don't see where her frustration comes from. Alice and Jenny has never won an Academy Award before. Uh, she's won Emmys, but this is her first time up there and whoa, is she terrific. Uh, Who's in the long shot? I think that would be Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird for playing uh, a mom, again, super strong mom. And there she is, her daughter played by Saoirse Ronan, doesn't understand her, she doesn't understand, but there's love. There's love between all this bickering. And Laurie Metcalf is a, uh, gonna come back in Roseanne this year. She just won a Tony on Broadway for uh, A Doll's House 2. <clears throat> she is one of the consummate actresses that we have out there. So Alice and Jenny has competition. Again, super strong women. Okay, let's move, let's move on to the men. The men need some attention from us. So I'm gonna go best actor in the leading role and the nominees are Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread, Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out, Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington in Roman J. Israel Esquire. What does, uh, how can I bring up women in terms of a category of men in doing that? Well, who's missing? Uh, the person missing here that was expected to be nominated is James Franco. Uh, and his performance in The Disaster Artist has won him a Golden Globe. But what happened was he had to face accusations of sexual misconduct. And this is the year where anybody hears that. The idea is, I'm sorry, next time, if you have a next time. Uh, it's a very tough code of ethics that's going on out there. And I think Franco uh, fell prey to that and so is not in this category. But the favorite in this category for best actor is definitely Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill in Darkest Hour. Gary Oldman, again, one of the great actors of our time, has never won an Oscar, has only been nominated once before uh, for Tinker Tail, Our Soldier Spy, and who in this performance where he's not even recognizable, he's covered up, he's got makeup, and yet he makes every living, breathing moment that he's on screen amazing. And people say, well, how is that movie saying anything about the politics we're in today? Uh, I think it says a lot. It says that what we're watching with Winston Churchill is a true leader, somebody who knows how to respect what government is and knows how to put it into effect 
and also knows how to make government work and how to be a person of the people. Um, if that's not speaking to you, I don't know what is. I'm going to be personally very upset if this doesn't happen for him. But of course, you can't predict the Oscars. That's the fun of it, the fun of wagering about it. So the long shot, the long shot is Timothy Chalamet Call Me By Your Name. This is a story about a teenager who falls in love for the first time with a graduate student played by Army Hammer that his dad has working for him. It's first love for him and it kills him. The idea of feeling this for the first time. This is a 22 year old actor one of the youngest ever to be nominated for Best Actor at the Oscars. And everything about that performance works because it touches you, it speaks to you, and it says something important about who we are as people. So this is a contest out there. So you're going with Longshot? I don't know. Okay, I'm going now to Best Supporting Actor. And the nominees here are Willem Dafoe in The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson in Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins in The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World, Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards. Uh, so two from Three Billboards. Again, how are these nominees reflecting the time? Well, let's look at Christopher Plummer's nomination uh, for All the Money in the World. He plays J. Paul Getty who is uh, basically not wanting to spend any money to give to kidnappers who have kidnapped his grandson. Christopher Plummer came in to replace Kevin Spacey, who had already played this part. The whole movie was finished with Spacey as Getty. And the director, Ridley Scott, said, I, I can't do this. I need somebody to come in and reshoot this entire part to do it. Christopher Plummer did it brilliantly as he does in everything he does. But this is another example of the time that we live in. That movie couldn't come out with Kevin Spacey in it because it would be really so hurt commercially. Um, so Plummer has a lot of heat going on him for doing that, for being brave enough to do it, and for doing it so superbly. But the favorite here has got to be Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards. Uh, a lot of controversy about this because he plays a racist cop but he plays a racist cop in a way that makes us understand where the racism comes from. I really can't stand the criticism that says because he's playing this character, he must be one himself, which is such nonsense. But yeah, is Anthony Hopkins Hannibal Lecter? I don't really think so. He makes something human out of somebody so deeply flawed. And again, Sam Rockwell. No Academy nominations, no award before. This would be a first to him. You can't see that movie without feeling for him. Longshot in that category, who used to be the favorite, is Willem Dafoe in Florida Project. Because Dafoe is known for playing villains. He's the tough guy. And here he's a, a hotel manager someplace near Disney World who's taking care of the children and the single parents that live in this place. It's really, really a great performance by a great actor. Again, never won an Oscar before. So it's pretty tight, but I'm going to go with Sam Rockwell there. So let's pick, oh, I know, Best Director, because this, this is a year where something special is happening. The nominees are Christopher Nolan for Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, 
and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water. Everybody is saying that this has to be, it must be Guillermo del Toro. And who's going to resent that? This is a guy who, from Pan's Labyrinth, anything that he does has a visual majesty to it. Uh, he was a guest here on Popcorn, and everybody that was here or that watched that interview can't help but fall in love with him. He's talented and a true human being in there. But what's going on? Where's the energy in this? I'm going to Jordan Peele. Only in the 90 years of Oscar has a black man ever been nominated as Best Director. Jordan Peele is the fifth. Get Out was a movie that exploded. I mean, it took on race. It took on with such provocation that op-ed pages couldn't come as close to what this is. It was a great job. The other one in there is Greta Gerwig, because Greta Gerwig in directing Lady Bird becomes only the fifth women in 90 Oscar years to ever be nominated as Best Director. Boy, does the Academy have a lot to catch up with. And these two bring a spark of energy that you have never seen before. There is something in Greta Gerwig's work, because she also wrote the screenplay, as did Jordan Peele for Get Out that we're seeing basically two people who the Academy had sidelined before in terms of being a woman or being an African-American in this world and said, we don't want to listen to you. And now they have to be listened to. But I have to say the favorite here is definitely, definitely Guillermo del Toro. He has got to be the guy to do it. Who, to me, is the long shot that isn't a part of the conversation about what's new because he's been around and been doing terrific work in his career, doing The Dark Knight or Memento or Inception. I could keep going on. And that's Christopher Nolan, who in Dunkirk did something nobody has ever done before. He, there's practically no dialogue. He is showing you that battle, if it's even that. It's basically an evacuation. And we see it in the air, we see it on the land, we see it on the sea. Brilliantly done by a director who has never even been nominated for what he's done before. So Chris Nolan, if, if Guillermo has to lose, and I don't even want to use the word lose about that, he would be my choice for doing that. Okay, the big award that everybody talks about and, and argues about the most is Best Picture. So I'm going to read the nominees. Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. The Shape of Water has to be the favorite. It has 13 nominations. Uh, the closest one to that that has eight is Dunkirk. Something about The Shape of Water and its very strong woman, uh, this mute cleaning lady played by Sally Hawkins, is saying something, though, about a larger world, about immigration, about what's foreign to us, about what scares us, uh, directed by a master in Del Toro, who should be joining his uh, buddies, as they call them the three amigos, Alfonso Cuaron. You know, who won an Oscar for Gravity, and uh, Alejandro Iñárritu, who won two Oscars already for The Revenant and for Birdman. And this is his chance, so the three amigos can have it. I think Shape of Water will win this. I used to think, and I was going to name this as my long shot, that Three Billboards was going to be the one to give it a challenge, because again, the strong woman again. But 
Three Billboards did not get a nomination for its director, Martin McDonough, which seems very strange. Here it is with seven nominations and nothing to go for it. It's not like you can't win. Uh, ben Affleck was not nominated for directing Argo, and Argo still won Best Picture, so this is kind of a big deal. But my long shot, and the one that I root for, uh, is Christopher Nolan and Dunkirk. Dunkirk, again, before when it was summer and this came out, huge hit, nobody thought it would be a hit, nobody thought people would see it was just such an amazing technical achievement and also about people, about people coming to the rescue, not depending on the government to do it, but getting in small boats and coming to rescue these soldiers that were stranded on the beach. This was everything that I think the Academy should celebrate. So whether or not he wins or not, and it could happen, there's always some wonderful spoiler at the Oscars. Guillermo del Toro, Shape of Water, yes, but if Dunkirk wins, I will not be an unhappy camper. So, okay, I think we've done like the major categories, but I have to bring up one because on this show, <laughs> I always make people sing. And there is best original song, so I'm going to read what these are. One of them is called Mighty River, which Mary J. Blige sings in Mudbound. Mystery of Love from Call Me By Your Name. Remember Me from Coco. Stand Up for Something from Marshall. And This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. All right, the favorite all along here has been Remember Me. Coco, I think we don't even have to discuss. That's going to win Best Animated Film right away. And Remember Me was the song every... Remember Me... It just seemed it couldn't lose. And then something happened. Uh, a movie called The Greatest Showman, which is far from being the greatest movie, but nonetheless has a score by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, who did La La Land and on Broadway, Dear Evan Hansen. And they wrote a song for this movie called This Is Me. If there's ever a song that's reflecting this year at the Oscars, that's the one. Uh, this Is Me, sung by the bearded lady, a part of... Uh, P.T. Barnum's show. They called the freak show and what it is. And just hearing uh, Keanu Settle sing it in the movie, it's, you know, look out world, because here I come. I'm singing. This is where she's saying, I make no apology. This is me. This is true of all of these people this year that are either going to win or be this close to winning the Oscars. Go for the person who stands strong in this year. Look for those winners who get up and say, this is me, because this is a year where the Oscars are going to be all about identity and reflecting it. So that's it. You can thank me later. (laughs) 